Bible prophesied of a unique time on earth, Israel would be returned to her land, the church would turn to false doctrines, technology would increase, and wickedness and immorality would run rampant. The time spoken of so long ago has come. Join Charlie Garrett as he breaks down these events for us as they unfold each week. Okay, today is uh, Sunday, the 3rd of September, 2017. we got a new month, and that means it's 45 days or so, and we're going to start getting cooler in Sarasota, so I'm all happy about that. Man, praise the Lord for that. And um, uh, let's see, to start off our prophecy update today um, from the Denver Channel, President Trump signs declaration making Sunday, which is today, a national day of prayer. President Trump signed a proclamation on Friday declaring Sunday a national day of prayer for the state of Texas in the wake of Hurricane Harvey. He also included in there the state of Louisiana. So let's open in prayer today. I typed this uh, last night for the people that are affected by this uh, hurricane. Lord God, as Americans, we are gathered together at our various places of worship in this nation today. And at the behest of our leader, President Donald Trump, we have been asked to pray for the people of Texas and Louisiana, and it is an honor to do so. We come to you knowing that as a people, we have been unfaithful to you. If this event was judgment for our national sins, it was certainly deserved. If it was a part of the regular workings of nature which you have ordained, it still does not diminish the faithless attitude we have had towards you and your great glory. We are deserving of far, far worse, but we also know that you are merciful, kind, and long-suffering. You are willing to forgive and to heal when the people you have created come to you and pour out their hearts in repentance and petition. We now provide both. We speak for all, for those who are in prayer today and for those who refuse to come to you in this manner, knowing that our request will outshine their enmity towards you. We pray for your hand of healing to be upon those who have been afflicted, and we petition you for many blessings to be poured out upon them as well. Strengthen the hands of those who are providing assistance. Open the hearts of those who have the finances to help that they will do so, and give wisdom to those in charge, from our president and his staff, to the governors of Texas and Louisiana and their staffs, even to the volunteers who are assisting in the restoration process. Instill in them the ability to make the most efficient use of their time and energy in order to quickly and effectively restore these troubled spots to normalcy once again. And Lord, we have one more request before we close. We pray to you to keep our president safe. Lead him in his duties. Keep him from the harmful arrows which come at him from every direction and give him the stamina to continue to lead us through this ordeal and throughout his presidency, knowing that he has been selected for a time such as this. All glory, majesty, praise, and honor belong to you alone. And so from our hearts, we offer it to you in and through the exalted name of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay, not to get anybody upset, but I have a 
Iowa Hawkeyes bandana on today. It was sent to me. Uh, I'm not here to get into any of these uh, rivalries, but uh, it was sent by some friends, Robert and Cheryl Kalstorf. And so uh, I thank them very much for that, and I wear it. And they did something that nobody ever does properly, is they um, got the name of Iowa in the right spot. Usually they print these things, and everything is upside down because you have to fold them in half and then put it on your head. And they got it exactly, I think it goes this way. There it is, it's right in the middle. Anyway, very rare for somebody to plan a bandana properly, but they did it perfectly here. So um, let's see here. And then I want to thank, we have a couple visitors here today. We have Bob and Paulette Bodem, and they've come all the way from Arcadia, which is uh, east of us. And it's a place when I was young, they used to have, do they still have the rodeo out there? Yeah. Twice a year. Twice a year. Well, we used to go out there and we'd watch that, and it was a real joy. And I haven't done that since I was this big, but uh, uh, they got really slammed by a hurricane. Uh, what was Charlie. it, uh, Charlie? Back in uh, uh, 2004. Okay, and uh, so that was a, a real, real big hurricane. It's not what happened in Texas. Instead of the uh, floods, they had high winds. My brother was on the assistance team to go out and help with that. And as he drove from the south up through Arcadia, he, this is how he described it. He said it was as if a giant walked through the woods and stomped on every tree. They were just crushed right down. He says it was amazing to see. So it was a very strong, it was Category 5 as well. And uh, you guys really got the brunt of it, even in the, you know, Inland, the uh, winds were still very strong, so we're glad that you're here. We thank you, and we're glad that you were safe through that so we could fellowship together. And uh, then, as always, I have somebody to highlight, and uh, his name is John Bellows. He's out in Yelm, Washington. And before I highlight him, I want to tell anybody that watches the update online that if you do not like to see trophy animals you might as well just skip the next two minutes or so because he's a hunter. Then he's got pictures of his trophy animals, and I never question the pictures that people select for their update, so you'll see a couple trophy animals that he's out in the woods with. But um, I'm 47 years old, and I found the love of my life eight years ago. Me and my wife, Danny, have been married for seven years now. I consider your church my home church, and it's hard to find good, old-fashioned, honest preaching in most churches out here these days. My uh, wife is an elementary school teacher, 19 years now, and I do hotel marketing, been doing it for 25 years now. My favorite hobby is hunting. I have many cabelas in my home with animals I have got. Yes, we eat all the meat for all the tree huggers out there, and both of my grandfathers were pastors for well over 40 years. With uh, all that is going on in the world, God will definitely come in our lifetime and soon, I hope. So he says, thank you very much. And so we send our love right on out to uh, Yelm, Washington, to John Bellows out there and his wife, Danny. And uh, let's see here. Our first category today is Israel from the Times of Israel. Just a title, and then I'll explain why I'm giving that in a second. Eight-year-old girl stumbles upon ultra-rare 2,000-year-old half-shekel. And so uh, next article, Haaretz, fake history. Netanyahu took that article that was published and he boasted about it on Twitter. Netanyahu boasts about ancient Jerusalem coin. Turns out to be kid's souvenir. And so uh, he had to retract the tweet. But I have an article that I will mention as we go through our update today that was also fake news from last week. And I got totally sideswiped by it. I had no idea. It's only the second time I can remember that I've gotten a, a, a fake news article that, that really I thought was real. Because I always check these things, double and triple. And uh, this was on several services. And uh, 
turns out to be fake. So I'll let you know about that in a little while. Um, let's see here from uh, Aretz Shiva, Fakistinian chairman, which is Abbas. I'll pay terrorist salaries until my dying day. He's been asked to stop this by the United States. We have a bill that's pending in our Congress and Senate, which is to defund them until they stop doing this. But he says he's going to continue no matter what. Pakistanian Chairman Abbas told the United States that he will continue to pay terrorist families for terror attacks against Jews. I do not intend to cease paying salaries to the families of prisoners and martyrs, even if it means I lose my position. Well, he's ancient, and uh, I hope he loses his position anyway, one way or another, but I will continue paying their salaries until my dying day, he says, which is what I hope comes soon. Jerusalem Post, Israeli official, if Iran expands in Syria, we will bomb Assad's palace. I don't know if you know Assad's palace. It's a giant thing up on a hilltop, and they said... If we're attacked, we're going to go straight to this. So good job. Or if I'm not attacked, if uh, Iran expands over there, they are going to take action to get this to stop. A senior Israeli official warned the Russian government that if Iran continues to extend its reach in Syria, Israel will bomb President Assad's palace in Damascus. Israel also warned that if serious changes do not happen in the region, Israel will make sure the ceasefire deal reached by the United States and Russia in Kazakhstan will be nullified. A senior Israeli source told the Al Jadida newspaper that no understanding was reached between the Israelis and the Russians. Prime Minister Netanyahu did, however, make it clear to Putin, that was a week ago when he was up there in Sochi with him, that its concerns must be met or Israel will be forced to act. They did that, remember, in Iraq. They had a nuclear power plant or a nuclear weapons factory they were going to build back in the 80s. And Israel took action and they went in and they destroyed it. Israel will not tolerate having Iran getting nuclear weapons, and they're going to have to act. This is going to happen. It's not something that that uh, I, I think is, oh, this might happen, and we'll be able to get a, a political or a diplomatic solution through. It's not going to happen. Israel's going to have to act, and it may be the impetus for Gog-Magog battle. I don't know, but I've, I've got a feeling that's probably the case. The warnings occurred in a meeting between Netanyahu and Russian President Putin. Netanyahu said the majority of his decisions with Putin focused on the situation in Syria, obviously. From Jerusalem Post, Netanyahu, we will never abandon West Bank settlements to radical Islam. This is something that uh, they're trying to get right now. We have all these people trying to get Israel to make concessions here and there. And and he says, we're not going to do it. <clears throat> Prime Minister Netanyahu promised that Israel would remain in the West Bank forever, including in the Samaria region, and that radical Islam would never create a base on its hilltops. Samaria is a strategic asset for the state of Israel. It is the cradle of our people and the key to its future. He spoke at a ceremony celebrating 50 years of Jewish settlement in Judea and Samaria. This is the land we inherited from our fathers. This is our land. We have returned here to remain for eternity. There will not be any more uprooting of settlements in the land of Israel. It has been proved, and we've all seen this with our own eyes in the past several years, it has been proved that uprooting settlements does not foster peace. Netanyahu recalled how the demolition of 21 settlements in Gaza and four in northern Samaria in 2005 had only led to a major increase in violence against Israel in Gaza. There was no decrease. They appeased their enemies, and all they got was more bombs thrown at them. We uprooted settlements, and what did we get? We received missiles. 
This will not happen anymore. We have cultivated and protected this place because it also protects us. From its cliffs and hilltops, it is possible to see from one end of the land to the other. When speaking with visitors and foreign leaders, Netanyahu said, he asks, imagine that on these peaks that dominate the Dan region, there were extremist forces of Islam? It would endanger us, but it would also endanger you, all of our neighbors, and the entire Middle East. Absolutely 100% correct. I hope he sticks to his guns with that promise. From Israel Aid 21, this made all of the news. I'm sure every one of you has heard this. I'm sure that it's been on CNN and, and all of the other uh, networks. I don't watch them, so I don't know, but I'm sure everybody has reported this. Israel sends aid to flood-battered Texas. Humanitarian aid organizations Israel Aid and I-Aid sent teams to help clear debris clean ruined homes, and offer psychological support to Harvey survivors. Everybody see that on all the news services? Oh, okay. Well, I was wrong then. Yeah. uh, They're always the first to get in their planes and fly to areas. They do it all over the world again and again and again. And I I have seen on the news, of course, all of the Muslim nations that have come in and helped. You've all seen that too, right? Yeah. Okay. I haven't seen it. Okay. There you go. Christian News Today from uh, Drudge. Just the title, Christian Books Tours, shuddering at alarming rates. And we've seen this all over America. The Christian bookstores are on the way out. They're going the way of the dodo. But my thought is you can download a Bible for free right on the Internet, and you can listen to it all day, every day in your car. You don't need Christian books. You need the Bible. That's what you need. I'm not a a big proponent of books. I'm a proponent of getting people to read the Bible. So if you download your audio Bible... It's about 70 hours long. If you read your Bible, you read faster than you can listen. Heck, if you read 30 minutes a day, you're done in 154 days, right? That's twice in a year you can read your Bible if you just sit and take 30 minutes a day. If you listen online or, I, I'm sorry, on your, uh, your thing while you're driving, you can be done in a week or two. I mean, 70 hours of driving, we all do that and, you know... Just driving to Publix, you spend 70 hours going to the grocery store. So anyway, I I would recommend that because there aren't any more Christian bookstores, you don't need to buy any more Christian books. You can just go out and read the Bible. Independent. Catholic Church claimed child sex abuse victims consented. This is their new attack, yes. The Catholic Church and British local authorities have been accused of using a legal loophole to avoid paying compensation to victims of child sex abuse. The Criminals Injuries Compensation Scheme, a government agency, has denied some children financial settlements because it said the victims had consented to the abuse. One case involved a 12-year-old girl who was given alcohol, brought into a woodland, and then sexually assaulted by a 21-year-old male. The girl was denied compensation because she had voluntarily gone into the woods with the man. The Sunday Telegraph reported that it had seen documents regarding two cases where the defense was used. A claimant who was raped at the age of 15 was told by lawyers representing the Catholic Archdiocese of Southwark that his abuse actually occurred in the context of a consensual relationship, albeit one the claimant in retrospect now appears to regret. 15 years old, you're not old enough to make that kind of a decision. You've got a pervert priest that's taking advantage of you. They ought to just be able to sue these people out of business, but, you know, you've got governments and you've got the Vatican protecting them. From Weasel Zippers, California Catholic School removes statues of Jesus, Mary, 
to be more inclusive. I don't care about statues. They don't mean anything to me. It's the point that's being made here. An independent K-12 Catholic school in the San Francisco Bay Area has removed religious statues from its campus in order to appeal to those of other faiths. Parents and alumni are concerned about San Domenico's school's decision to remove a number of statues and religious icons, especially those of Jesus and Mary. Articulating an inclusive foundation appears to mean letting go of San Domenico's 167-year tradition as a Dominican Catholic school and being both afraid and ashamed to celebrate one's heritage and beliefs. So this isn't just happening to Southern monuments and, you know, famous war generals. This is happening in Christian or supposed Christian schools as well. And it's the Catholic Church that's leading the charge at destroying any semblance of normalcy. Breitbart, Indiana teacher demands parents tell kids to stop talking about God in class. Yes, a first grade teacher at McCordsville Elementary School sent a letter home to parents informing them that about five students had been heard talking about religion and using the words God, Jesus, and devil. With McCordsville Elementary School being a public school, we have many different religions and beliefs, and I do not want to upset a child parent because of these words being used. The teacher's letter said, If you go to church or discuss these things at home, please have a talk with your child about there being an appropriate time and place of talking about it. The teacher also noted that she warned the students before about discussing religion in class. Parents were alarmed enough to contact the teacher's superiors, good parents, forcing Superintendent Shane Robbins to issue a letter calling the teacher's missive unfortunate and denouncing the teacher's actions. Robbins assured parents that their children's First Amendment rights would not be violated in school. So if you are a parent and you're getting badgered by a liberal uh, teacher like that, you write the uh, principal or somebody else in the school system, they cannot tell you not to talk about Jesus, Jesus, Jesus all day long. I don't care if you walk down the hall all day long, just say the name of Jesus. They can't tell you to stop it. All right. Be apprised of that so that you don't have somebody in your family told something that is incorrect. From Islam today, Jerusalem Post, UN gives Gaza $2.5 million in humanitarian aid for water and fuel crisis. We've got them funding terrorists. We've got them not paying their bills to Israel for the electricity that they use. We've got them fighting with the, um, uh, what is it? You've got Hamas here, and then you've got the uh, Pakistanian Authority over here. You've got all of this problem. They've received billions and billions and billions of dollars in the past 15 years and it's a sewer. They take their money and they admit it. We're building bombs. We are here to destroy Israel. And the UN gives them another $2.5 million. From Wynet, UN spends four times more on Palestinian refugees per person. A Palestinian refugee receives a budget four times larger than a Syrian, Iraqi, or African refugee. The UNRWA annual financial report stated that in 2016, the organization spent an average of $246 for each of the 5.3 million Palestinians it defines as refugees, while UNHCR spent only a quarter of that, $58 per refugee. So you've got this huge amount of money that's being wasted on these people that have nothing but hatred in their hearts towards the only democracy in the, in the uh, Middle East. From Ynet. UN says um, Boko Haram use of kids as human bombs soars in 2017. 
UNICEF spokesman Marixi Mercado said that she has no explanation for the increase to 83 such human bomb children, two-thirds of them girls, compared to 19 total last year. The UN estimates the insurgency has displaced 1.7 million people and left an estimated 20,000 people dead since 2009. So that is um, 83 children so far this year. Little children, strap a bomb on, tell them to go and blow other people up. That is the religion of peace that we deal with in this world. And nobody seems to care. Nobody cares. Have you heard this on any of the major news networks? Because I don't watch any of them. But I, I would like to see somebody say what is going on with this depraved religion, which is sending children to blow up other people. From the Daily Caller, PayPal bans conservative sites after Soros-funded group attacks them. This is the SPLC that's caused all that trouble that I brought up on other things in the past two weeks. PayPal banned Jihad Watch and the American Freedom Defense Initiative from receiving online donations using their platform because of the site's activities after being designated as hate sites by left-wing groups. So they took away their funding, okay? But Jewish uh, Press, I'll read one more article and then I'll give you a little more to think about. PayPal suspends right-wing blogger Pamela Geller's account. Now, these people don't say anything offensive. They just highlight what Islam is doing in the world. They're blowing people up here. They're killing people here. They have an intent to destroy the United States because we have these people that are doing this in Washington, D.C. right now. They just simply report the facts. That's all they do. PayPal has taken away their rights. However, the Rightly Report said a couple days ago, PayPal hit so hard for removing conservative sites that it has changed its mind to avoid a boycott. Now, I do not know if that applies to Pamela Geller or not. It applied to the first two, Jihad Watch and the ADF. They have got their PayPal status back. But the real problem that we are facing in the world right now isn't just PayPal, but it is the fact that we are going digital very quickly. And when it goes digital, who is running all of the digital companies? Mm -hmm. Liberal governments and liberal financial organizations. And they will... When the ball drops and the world is taken over by these people, they will stifle any such talk. They'll say, no funding for you, and they won't be able to exist. This is just a precursor for what's coming in the end times, and it is coming very, very quickly. Thank goodness people spoke out against PayPal, and they said, I'm going to quit with you, and they got enough blowback that they canceled this, but they're going to continue to push this issue. All right, from Weasel Zippers, Iran caught shipping soldiers to Syria on commercial flights in violation of the nuclear deal. The Obama deal created almost no real strictures, yet they're not even adhering to those. Photographs obtained by congressional leaders show Iran's shipping militant soldiers to Syria on commercial air flights, a move that violates the landmark nuclear agreement and has sparked calls from U.S. lawmakers for a formal investigation by the Trump admin. Photographs published by a Washington, D.C. think tank and provided to Congress show Iran using its flagship commercial carrier, Iran Air, to ferry militants to Syria, where they have joined the fight against the United States forces in the region. This was orchestrated by our president, and now we have, because of this deal, they're actually sending people in there in violation of the deal, 
and they figure nobody's ever going to say anything. I hope that they cut this deal completely off after this. No more deal with Iran. We have complete and free right to go in and just bomb you back into the Stone Age. I'm sure it's not going to happen, but I, I would like to see it. The new evidence is royal congressional leaders who accuse Iran of violating the nuclear deal, which prohibits it from using commercial air carriers for military purposes. There are very, very few restrictions on this agreement at all. It was a terrible agreement, and the few strictures that they had, they're violating. From PJ Media, ISIS calls jihadists to the Philippines, threatens Pope Francis. Well, there's something good out of it. Uh, One of the uh, jihadists vowing that we will make more revenge holds aloft a photo of Dope Francis, we will be in Rome, he said repeatedly before pointing his gun at the pontiff's picture. And uh, this goes back to what the uh, Pope said last week. Remember what he said? Personal rights, Trump. National security rights. Remember I reported that article? Well, there you go. He's getting what he deserves because these people want to go to Rome and they want to shoot him. And now he has no leg to say you can't do that because he has said that individual rights of immigrants going into a nation trump the rights of that nation. And the Vatican is a very, very, very small nation. They could overrun them in about 32 seconds. So I think that that is what we should be doing here. And I would like to give a report. My friend Dennis, who's the missionary over in the Philippines, I brought him up a few times. He gives me a weekly report on what's going on. They are right now at 614 terrorists. These are Islamic insurgents. They are dead. 133 Marines have lost their life. And my friend Dennis, his wife especially because she's Filipino and she won't be challenged, he is sending his wife and other people behind the lines to help feed these Marines, to also give them Bibles, to give them any comfort that they need. So this guy is right there on the front lines of this. They're hoping on a surge this week to completely eradicate the rest of these people, but we want to keep Dennis, his wife, and all of the people that are associated with their ministry and prayer, because they are going behind the lines in their life. You know, Duarte is a no-nonsense president, and he has said, if you are behind the lines and you get shot, it is your fault. You know where the lines are. You are to leave there when we come in, and it, you know, if his own citizens get killed, he is not warning over it at all. So this is scary for these people, but they feel a need as Christians to go in and bring the word to these Marines, which is stronger to them than their own lives. So please remember to keep them in prayer, and we thank them for their wonderful service to the Lord. From Mongolia this week, Iran front page, Iran, Mongolia, eager to forge closer ties. Bad news, please don't do it, Mongolia. Iranian Foreign Minister Zarif, a senior foreign policy advisor to Mongolian president, held talks in Tehran. In the meeting, Mongolian president's special envoy, I can't pronounce his name, said he was pleased to be on a visit to Iran. He went on to say his country is keen to enhance political relations with Tehran and forge closer cooperation in other areas, especially in agriculture, transportation, culture, and academic areas. Zarif, in turn, touched upon the age-old relations between the countries and stressed the need to boost political, cultural, and economic relations. He also underlined the importance of cooperation between private and state-run companies, both sides, while emphasizing the need to work together closely in the fields of technology, banking, and oil, as well as fighting terrorism and extremism. 
Well, they're not going to get any help from Iran on that one. But let me tell you, that's that was the Iranian says we need to work together to fight terrorism. They're the biggest sponsor of terrorism on the planet, along with North Korea. Anyway, Daniel 12 technology today. Mail online. Facebook reveals it has created an AI, artificial intelligence, digital map showing where every human on the planet lives. Internet giant hopes the map will help it to offer internet access to more people. Technology can pinpoint any man-made structures in any country on Earth to a resolution of 15 feet. It was built by combining government census numbers with information obtained from space satellites. Facebook said it will eventually make the map available online. If you want to know why that's important, it's because there is a time in the book of Revelation that says every person on earth will be numbered and they will not be able to buy or sell or do anything without the mark of the beast. And they have the technology right now to identify where every one of those people is. Every one of them. And so other than maybe some people that are out in the Papua New Guinea or down in the Amazon that are just completely uh, out of the picture, but they can identify huts and stuff. So every person on this planet will be identified and they will be subject to this restriction and it's coming soon to a tribulation period near you. Know Jesus, be kept away from that. All right, you need to be ready for what's coming on the earth. Call on Jesus and be out of here at the rapture. From a BGR Scientists remotely hacked a brain controlling body movements. It's an incredibly scary thought, but scientists have managed to accomplish this. And they were even able to prompt their test subject to run, freeze in place, or even completely lose control of their limbs. It requires the implantation of specially built DNA strands and nanoparticles, which attach to specific neurons. But... Once the minimally invasive procedure is over, the brain can be remotely controlled via an alternating magnetic field. When those magnetic inputs are applied, the particles heat up, causing the neurons to fire. Despite only being tested on mice, the research could have far-reaching implications in the realm of brain research. The holy grail for dreamers like Elon Musk is that we'll one day be able to tweak our brains to eliminate mood disorders and make us more perfect Creatures. Well, I will tell you how to become a more perfect creature. Right here, God has promised that we will be more perfect creatures because of Jesus Christ. If you call on him, if you receive him as your Lord and Savior, and you trust in your heart everything that he has done, believing that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Romans 10, 9 and 10. Go read those verses, okay? This is what we are to do is to call on Jesus, and we will have a glorified body. It's described in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. It tells when we're going to get it in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. I know several people in here that are anxiously awaiting their glorified body. I should probably say everybody in here is because we love Jesus, but it is coming soon to a rapture near you if you have called on him. We don't need to worry about um, being, you know, what do you call it, remotely controlled by somebody's... Uh, brain hacking and just think of it you know you're going for a a procedure at the hospital and they say it's minimally invasive all they have to do is just without maybe even knowing it we're going to make this guy into a bomb and we're going to put it in his brain then we're going to control his movements and he walks off and blows people up or whatever they're going to do in the tribulation period it's going to be bad revelation plagues today bbc india's swine flu death toll rises above 1,000 this year we had what 20 some people die in houston 
They have over a thousand people in. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. That's not the uh, flooding. There is a flooding one that I'm going to read, but it's next week. Um, India's swine flu death toll rises above 1,000. So this is swine flu. Sorry, I got my uh, brain squiggle mixed. Uh, maybe I need to be hacked so I don't do that. Um, the last three weeks have seen the highest number of fatalities at 342. A total of 22,000 cases have been reported across the country, 22,000. The number of deaths this year is four times more than fatalities recorded over the equivalent period in 2016, which itself saw a dip in occurrences of the disease. The western state of Maharashtra is the worst affected, where the death toll stands at 437. Neighboring Gujarat follows closely with 297. So it's bad, it's getting worse, and think of, there's 22,000 cases, and how many of them have died? Over 1,000, but guess what? When the ball drops and there isn't medicine being sent out to people, those numbers are going to be a lot higher. So be out of here when the Lord comes. Washington Post, study. 50 million at risk of arsenic poisoning in Pakistan. 50 million people. Why do you think that is? You're going to find out, but why do you think that 50 million people would suddenly start facing uh, these troubles? Data from nearly 1,200 groundwater pumps tested accounting for geological factors, including surface slope and soil contents. They determined some 88 million people were living in high-risk areas. Given that 60 to 70% of the population relies on groundwater, they calculated that roughly 50 to 60 million were potentially affected. That's equal to at least one-third of the 150 million already estimated by the World Health Organization to be drinking, cooking, and farming with arsenic-laced water worldwide. Normally, the arsenic would stay in the ground. Here's the problem. But in the last few decades, South Asian countries concerned with pathogen-infused surface waters, they used to drink the surface waters, have been pumping enormous volumes of groundwater, causing the water tables to drop drastically and tapping into new water pockets tainted by the colorless odorless toxin. We're poisoning our environment. We can't drink the water on the surface anymore, so we're going down into the groundwater where arsenic is in the ground in certain pockets of places around the world. 50 million people may end up dying of arsenic poisoning, and I read up on it because I wanted to know what the the situation was. It's bad. You don't want to get arsenic poisoning, so we just, you know, you want to be out of here. This world is going to come to a point where it's suddenly just going to collapse for morality today. Fox News, first graders sent, this is in California, is sent to an office, the school principal's office, for misgendering a fellow student, a first grader. Called him the wrong gender, a first grader, and they had to go to the office. A first grader came across a classmate on the playground. She called the student by his given name, apparently unaware that the boy now identified as a girl. The first grader was investigated. Get out the cops and the FBI. They investigated by the principal to determine whether she had bullied the transgender child by calling him by his original name. After about an hour, they had her in the corner and they were punching her and go, tell us the truth. Okay, that's not true. But anyway, after about an hour, it was determined the little girl made an honest mistake and she was not punished or reprimanded. She came home from school upset and crying saying, Mommy, I got in trouble at school today because she called her old friend John instead of Jane or something, and it's bullying nowadays. California is insane. Move out of there, and then somebody can let off a nuke right on the San Andreas Fault and let it slip off, okay? If you're a Christian, come out now, and we'll... Ugh. 
NBC, <laughs> Norway ski star. I want you to listen to this article. You're going to say big deal. And then just pay attention because I have another article to back it to follow up with it. NBC, Norway ski star banned from Olympics over lip cream. Okay, Norwegian cross-country skiing champion Teresa Johag is set to miss the Pyeongchang Olympics over lip cream. Johag, a triple Olympic medalist and seven-time world champion, her whole life has been dedicated to this, tested positive last December for a steroid found in cream given to her by a team doctor to prevent her from getting sunburned lips. Okay, Something happened, she tested with the steroid according to their laws, and so they said you can't participate because of something that was prescribed by a doctor. Listen to this next article and see where the sense is in the Olympic Committee. Breitbart, Olympics will allow transgender competitors for 2018 Winter Games. The IOC confirmed that it would allow transgender athletes to compete in whatever category they wish to participate in during the 2018 Winter Olympics. The idea of the steroids boosting her and making her stronger is pale in comparison to what they are doing in the Olympic Committee with transgender. Tell me where the fairness is in that. Let's go on. IOC officials noted that they will not require athletes to compete in categories that match their birth gender, nor will there be any gender or sex testing of competitors ahead of the games. Now, there's a lady that was from India, and she uh, participated in the last Olympics, and I, I, this is who they're now talking about, and I want you to understand that this lady's still being investigated, even though she's a girl and she wasn't taking anything. Listen to what it says. With regard to hyperandrogenism, this girl in India has hyperandrogenism in female athletes. There were no regulations in place at the Olympic Games in 16, and there will be no regulations in place at the Winter Olympic Games in 18, as we are still awaiting the resolution to the Dueti Chand case. This is the girl, okay? The IOC recently claimed the Dueti Chand case concerns the Indian sprinter who is fighting rules that prevent her from competing because she exhibits female hyperandrogenism and has too many natural male traits which may give her an advantage over female opponents so she's naturally she's a girl she just happens to have this this thing that affects her and so she's got more of these things that males hormones have right so they're saying we're still studying two years later if we can allow her to participate but they're letting men participate as women you tell me that any of this makes any sense at all she was banned from competition because her natural testosterone levels exceeded the IOC's rules. However, India is appealing the ruling. I can see them denying the appeal and saying she can't participate because she's too much of a man being a woman, And but we can have men participating as women. So what she needs to do now is say, I am transgender, I'm a man, and then they can't say anything, right? It is absolutely insane. Our other category... Okay, I have some good news for you. Chicken wings are safe. It was a fake article. Yes, the rat meat was not true. And I was, it was a news service. It was on other news services. You can eat your chicken wings and do not worry. It is was not true. So I, as a matter of fact, I felt so much better because every single day except Sunday, I take care of the strip mall and I take care of 7-Eleven, right? And I go behind 7-Eleven and they have all of the food that they dump out from the day before. Mm -hmm. My wife has seen this. I go out there 
and I go through the dumpster and I pull out all the recycles. I do this every single day of my life. I spend a little time doing this and then I take all the food and they keep it in a separate place for me in the dumpster. And I start taking the chicken wings and I throw them to the seagulls. And I have literally hundreds, maybe thousands of seagulls that come every single morning. They're, they're, aren't they? They're, they're so noisy that people two doors down will come and say, what's going on? It's a st- thousands of birds come. Okay, I have names for some of them because some of them are missing a foot and they stand on a stump leg. So I call that one Stumpy and I've got Gimpy and I've got all these birds and they all know me and they are waiting for me. It's like, you know, the movie, The Birds. They sit up on top of the the building, hundreds. And on top of 7-Eleven, the whole roof is covered with them until I get done doing my job. And then I feed them the bread and the the chicken wings. And I felt so bad last week throwing them chicken wings that I thought might be rat meat. Well, it's not. The seagulls are safe, folks. But, you know, I was thinking, I was laughing at myself that I'm feeding rat meat to air rats because that's basically what a seagull is, is just an air rat. But anyway, here they're eating their own kind. But no, they're not. They're eating chickens. So, okay, anyway, weasel zippers. Elaine, how is Paul today? Good. Praise the Lord. All right, from weasel zippers, Trump to reverse Obama-era policy, lift ban on military gear, for local police. Now you would say, well, that's bad. We don't want military gear going to local police and the New York Times is just barbecuing him over this. Why do you think that Obama did that? He said no more military gear, you know, the old, uh, uh, what do you call them, the, uh, the trucks that replace Hummers. No more Hummers, no more AK-47s or not M-16s or whatever our military issues now. None of that stuff can go to military police departments anymore. Why would Obama do that? It's because he has been organizing, he's an organizer to get people like Antifa and all of these people that are funded by Soros to destroy police departments, okay? Trump saw right through that, so Trump has ended that. Let's read the article. President Trump plans to roll back another Obama-era policy and reinstate a military surplus program that provides local police departments with equipment, such as large caliber weapons and weaponized vehicles. In 2015, then-President Obama blocked the federal government from giving local police forces certain military-style equipment. The decision stemmed from backlash following high-profile cases between local law enforcement and African-American men. Nothing from the military was used there. These were all set up things. They were all found to be proven wrong after the fact. But he had the, the, uh, you know, the ability at that time to say, I'm doing something good. When this was planned, it has been planned, and he wanted our police forces to be under the gun. It's not going to happen now. An Obama admin task force argued at the time that the militarization of police forces could undermine civilian trust. And that's what the New York Times is arguing for. I think it was either this morning or yesterday. Absolutely not. It is because we need to be able to defend ourselves from people that are organized by the left wing in this nation. From Breitbart, Illinois' Republican governor signs sanctuary state law. The entire state of Illinois is now a sanctuary state. Rauner, who ought to be out on his ear by the Republicans next uh, cycle, signed the sanctuary bill, state bill, into law, making it illegal. It is now illegal for law enforcement to arrest or detain illegal aliens based solely um, based, yeah, solely based on their immigration status. They are illegal. They're breaking the law, and it is against the law to enforce the law now in Illinois. It makes no sense. The new law will essentially make it impossible for Illinois police to notify ICE when they have a suspected criminal illegal alien on their hands. 
thus increasing the possibility that they will be freed back into the general public. The sanctuary state law also makes it illegal for law enforcement to arrest an illegal alien, even even if the individual is wanted by ICE for immigration violations. We have a federal warrant out for this person. They cannot do anything. Rauner's signing of the sanctuary state law ushers in a new era for Illinois. Currently, there is a booming illegal alien population of more than 450,000. Of those illegal aliens in the state, more than 70% are from Mexico. This will attract more immigrants to the state. It is it is appalling that that man would do that and call himself a Republican. The Republican Party should completely disown him, completely. Evening Standard says, don't expect police to come out after a crime if you're healthy, middle-aged, and speak good English. This is in, yeah, this is in the UK. Victims of crime in London could be denied a personal visit from police unless they are judged to be sufficiently vulnerable. Deputy Commissioner Craig Mackey said the absolutely feasible change would see the Met assessing the level of risk faced by a caller when deciding whether to send officers for a face-to-face service. He said members of the public who might be prioritized in future uh, included people with learning difficulties, that's okay, the elderly, that's okay, and people who do not speak English as their first language. That means any Muslim, if he calls, will get priority over a citizen that has been there for 10,000 years or 6,000 years, whatever. Mr. Mackey said burglary victims would probably get a service, but that vehicle crime, those sort of things, were among types of offense where police might not attend until the person affected was vulnerable. He admitted that this was a difficult area of policy, but it said that it could be required to help the force cope with major spending cuts over the coming years. So if you speak normal English and you're a Brit that has paid taxes all of your life, don't call the police. They're not coming out to help you. CNBC, Sears to shutter another 28 locations as same store sales tumble 11.5%. Zero Hedge, Sears death spiral accelerates. Vendors halt shipments as cost of default insurance soars. So Sears is punching its final ticket. We're not going to have it very soon. All right, from Page Mag. Facebook employee accuses soap dispenser of racism. Yes, a Facebook employee in Nigeria posted a video of a soap dispenser he claims is racist after it appears to not work for people with dark skin tones. The clip, yes, yes. The clip was tweeted out by Chukwomika Afigibo and soon went viral after it showed the automatic soap machine dispensing as normal when a white man put his hands under the sensor, but when a man with dark skin tried, it failed to work. He then held a white piece of paper in the same hands, and the soap dispenser worked as normal to prove it wasn't out of soap or out of error, okay? Afigbo wrote on his tweet, If you have ever had a problem grasping the importance of diversity in technology and its impact on society, watch this video. Never mind that soap dispensers are usually triggered by movement rather than by skin color. But no doubt some racist tech engineers deliberately build a soap dispenser capable of distinguishing skin color. That does triple its price, but it's worth it just to have a viciously racist soap dispenser. So he went in there, and what he did is he put his hand under there, and he didn't move it. And what's what's he doing? He's getting people riled up, and he's also getting hits on YouTube. And you get paid for every time you when you monetize your videos. So he's got people angry at soap dispensers because he put the white thing under there, and he shakes it a little, and out comes soap. 
It's insane. But people are believing this type of stuff. All we had to do is have our previous president in the office, and everybody believes everything on these issues now. Insane. Drudge. Uh, This is from Saturday. Just uh, three or two titles for you. Labor Day weekend. Trump at 42%. Congress, 8%. The irrelevant Democrats. Thank goodness the world is making a turn for the better. Trump is where he should be. He actually should be even higher, but that's okay. Congress is exactly where they should be, maybe even eight points too high. We had to get rid of every one of them and start again. And then the irrelevant Democrats, they are, they are going out of business. They're making a lot of noise, but they have no funding. They are irrelevant. So we need to, we need the next election, get people in there that will replace these rhinos. And we need to get some godly people into our administration and into our Congress, and we need to move forward. In a country built on Christ again. Okay, from uh, our friend Les, we have a Lesrick this week. The girl called the boy by his name. Neither that nor her sex was the same. When asked how she dared, it made her quite scared. It's first grade. Why should she get the blame? Good job, Les. All right, our irony of the week. Oh, before I do that, Sergio and Rhoda, they did a video this week. We watched it before the uh, church started today outstanding. It's right on the uh, buffer zone between Syria and Israel. He does some great commentary about that. I actually got to talk to him about some things that he could not say on the video, but uh, he talked to some UN soldiers and um, amazing things are happening right in that area right now, but he could not put it on the video. Anyway, um, you'll really enjoy that video today. It's relevant to the world we live in. He actually is just a few feet away from Syria, right there when he uh, has to turn around and disengage from the buffer zone. Good stuff. Wasn't it good? Everybody saw it? Good. Okay. So our irony of the week, I got a couple on firefighters this week. Back from the dead, firefighters respond to reports of a body in a creek only to find a life-size doll of Dracula floating instead. So good job. And then we have from CBS, firefighters enjoy sausages made from piglets that they rescued from the fire. So they went in and they saved a guy's farm and the farmer was so grateful he made some sausages for him out of the piglets. That <laughs> little ironic there. <laughs> anyway, such is the world we live in. My mom's got a terrible look on her face, right? Poor piggies. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so from Sarasota, Florida to Ulaanbaatar, Mongolia and Yelm, Washington, I'm Charlie Garrett. This is The Superior Word and that is your Prophecy Update for the week. <laughs>